This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Thanks, everybody, for downloading this episode of the Chicago Podcast Network's Out Front with AJ and Nick. Today's show is going to be a little bit shorter than usual. We're just doing some wrap-up from both conventions. Really going to focus on the DNC and what happened out there in Philadelphia and our reaction to the speeches. Going to ask AJ about third-party candidates because he's been pushing that for a little bit here. And uh, it's generally just going to be a discussion about politics. We're going to try to have some fun with it and uh, also complain about the fact that we've been doing this now for... Uh, 12 days, so it kind of started to get monotonous, but Hillary Clinton delivered one hell of a speech. We're going to talk about that, Barack Obama, and everything else. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, Chi-Town Podcast One, and you can email us on Gmail, Network at gmail.com to let us know what you think and who you are. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, here we Hey everybody, thank you for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Serrano's joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy, the grand poobah of activism, the lead socialist here at the Chicago Podcast Network. My good buddy, AJ Signeri, is here with us. AJ, do what you do and do it so well. Power the people. You, you literally yelled so loud that you popped your mic and it didn't pick up the power to the people. All people ah. heard you say was, Power! Even better. Okay. Even better. So you're just a power man, which is Luke just Cage. You're Luke Cage. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are, AJ. How is your eight days, with including a weekend, so it comes out to 11 days? How has your 11 days of nonstop partisan bickering and politics affected you? Have you dug your hole to bury yourself into yet? You know, I remember the time in college... Where <laughs> studying, you know, for finals, and, and it was a very, very stressful semester year, my junior year in college, and being up for like a full week and trying to find a person that was on the black market who know to get a 24 pack of Jolt at the time. So getting all that and staying up for 36 hours. And racking my brain about, you know, is this information correct? Um, am I missing something? Um, overanalyzing. And that's what it felt like. It's like, what the holy hell <laughs> is the last two weeks been? When I, when I was in high school, we had a thing at the ice rink that I worked at every year. It was called Ice Show. And it usually took place the same weekend as prom. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason... Uh, it was always like a big, like, it was like 12 days on, 12 hours on Saturday, 12 hours on Sunday, seven hours on Friday. Right. And you had, by the, by the time you got done Sunday, you had this, uh, probably the same thing you're talking about. It's, uh, slap happy. you like, you just feel like it feels like you've been drinking for four days, even though you haven't. And it's, it's just exhausting. That's I, like Hillary's speech was a little longer than I was willing to deal with. And uh, towards the end of it, I started to fade. But I, you know, we got through it, man. It was that was a long partisan thing that happened there, um, and we got a lot to get into. So let's just dive in. So I'm going to ask you the first question: Taking away your personal politics, as just a person who looks at it and watches, what do you rate Hillary's speech on a scale of one to ten? It's interesting to ask that because. I mean, this is her first, like, public speech, really, if you really think about it. I mean, she's gave speeches before. Um, she's gone before press conferences. But this is really her first, like, big public speech, you know? Yeah, it's the and, debut on the national stage. Right. And so, I mean, I, th- I think there's no, there's nothing else to go off on. But if you had to take the collection of things she has said as Secretary of State, as a U.S. Senator, and First Lady, I mean, I would say it's probably, you know, her top five, probably her top three um, best speeches she's ever done. Um, and, I'm, and I'm including, you know, It Takes a Village. Um, and when she was talking about, you know, women and everything. Um, but again, I mean, there's not, like I said, there's nothing to go off on because I mean, this is her first national speech to people of a race of 
it isn't of importance, but a spectacle that she's ever been in. You know, I mean, is the U.S. Senate is not much of a spectacle than the presidential races. Um, Secretary of State is not a big spectacle. I mean, they're important. And Secretary of State is arguably nothing. a thankless job. Well, that's the thing, you know. So that's why I'm, if you had to take everything she has said up to this point, there's nothing to base it off on, you know. So, I mean, this is her first and only thing she has given. And so it's like her first one, and it's the best one she's given. Gave it. And but like I said, if you had to base on the collection of speeches she says, um, and not even the private ones that she got paid for, um, then I would say it's one of her top three best ones. I, I would argue that it was uh, everything that it needed to be. I mean, I, I honestly think she could not have done better. Like there was the only thing is that whoever wrote it could have edited it for time. It's that Batman v Superman rule. All right, we get it. You know, back it off a little bit. We don't need everything. But the best thing about it, and I, you know, I asked you one. By the way, one out of ten. This speech specifically on the national stage. What do you give it? Like an eight? Yeah. Because it didn't I, have at, at the yeah at the very most. Yeah, I, I mean, my thing is like if you figure Obama's was a nine point five. I give his speech on Thursday on Wednesday. Like a nine, nine point five, because there were moments that it lulled for a second. I mean, it wasn't, you know, there is no white America, black America from two thousand and four, or even, uh, you know, freedom lives in the United States of America today from his first uh, speech after he won in oh eight. But it was up there. I'd give him a top ten for him as well. I mean, to tell you this, the, the Hillary speech did the one thing that I actually, if you listen back, if, if those of you listening to our show who listen regularly. If you go back to our show from Monday, the one that we called the dumpster fire that is the American process, we I, I spoke about how I didn't want her to play the grandma. I wanted her to come out and be the kick-ass warrior that she is, and that is exactly what she did. And she presented herself as the common sense alternative. She called uh, Trump out for the bullying tactics. She mentioned that he has no policies or anything of those nature. Uh, I love that she initially started off with, you know, I believe in the service. It's the public part I've always struggled with. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like she brushed up close enough to the Lewinsky scandal by saying, you know, the dark times we've had too, just enough to acknowledge it, but not enough to get bogged down in it. You know, I really felt she did a really good job of positioning herself to both Democrats and Republicans as as the safe choice of the two. And I, I thought that was a re I thought the speech was really impressive. I also feel that I would not have reacted as strongly had it not been preceded by God narrating the story of her life. Well, that's, that's the thing. And that's why I, I found most interesting in the whole convention is that there's those of us who look at Hillary in a certain light, you know, and everything that was constructed up to yesterday, you know, they stripped away all that and really injected this interpersonal um, person that she is, this um, emotional person uh, and trying to poise her as this actual progressive that people think she's not. And then you add um, Morgan Freeman <laughs> in yeah. the mix, and then you have here it is a woman. And you're just it, like, okay, well, guess we're doing that. Heavy hitter orators, you know, Bill Clinton, uh, Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, you know, and even Howard and, Dean had fun. Well, that's the thing, and then you had the speckling of other people, which there were some I was really blown away by on how well they spoke, like the um, father who the, the the muslim father oh that speech who, that was i mean i i really want to know and i'm not being cynical i really want to know how much of that of his speech was genuinely his and how much was actually coach and i really think it's 90 10 90 being genuine 10 being coach because the one thing of him reaching into his jacket oh my god it was my favorite moment of the convention and I was like, I'm like, I'm like that right there. You take away the entire 
speech that you did and just focused us on that, and have, that right there is one of those bullets that will yeah. deconstruct Trump. I mean, the, what, what was his line? I have my copy of the Constitution yes. right here. You know, that was – it was – such a good speech. I, I mean, everything about that guy coming up and talk and talking. Um, his name, by the way, I want to make sure we get it right. Is Kazir Khan? Kaiser Kaiser Khan. Kaiser Khan. Well, that. I mean, listen, I'm I'm all for the guy gave an amazing speech, but Kaiser Khan sounds like the a Marvel villain. Well, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. listening. Yeah, you know, and and, that, and part of it is because of the Star Trek thing, so. Uh, God, do you want? Oh, oh! I just had a wet dream moment, AJ, and I know that that sounds weird, but uh, I want. You think like Trump is? I just like God. I would have loved that. I, in fact, I think I'm going to try to find a way to edit that video and just put Trump's head on Kirk's body. God. God. Oh, that was great. I'm glad I came up with that. Con. You still remember? Nope. Stop, Nick. Stop. This is not the time to quote Wrath of Khan randomly. Um, the it, it, that was good. I mean, look, we we joked about it when we did our show on Tuesday, but Bernie kicked a little ass too, um, mm-hmm. really throwing it at Trump. I thought uh, Joe Biden came out and was Crazy Uncle Joe, who I love, Crazy Uncle Joe. Um, and we got my favorite Obama. Like I like to think of people as action figures versions of themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's 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 lovable Obama, which is like the doting, like cool African uncle that you've got, right? And then there's mm-hmm. then there's kick ass Obama, which is a cool one. And then there is my favorite, which is Southern Minister Orator Obama. Well, well, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I, and that's who came out. That's who came out Wednesday night, and I love that Obama. I, I, it's like you can't argue with that man. You, well, you can't, and 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 I, you know, I kind of qualify him as more as. Southside Obama. All right, fair enough. Because between him and Michelle, and Michelle more so than Barack, that you can tell. I mean, if you have been the Southside long enough of Chicago, and you can tell, you know, when someone's from the Southside of Chicago, you know, you can you can hear that subtle attitude (laughs) that they have, and the one part where he's like. Not me, not Bill. I mean that part. I'm like, wait, that, that's Chicago. Outside. That that's that, outside Obama. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I say that's southern. Not. I say southern order, but you're right. It's what do they call it in Blues Brothers? What's the name of the church that James Brown has? You got to get yourself to the Rock Rock Island Church and catch yourself catch the Reverend Cleophus. Yes, like I mean that's literally what it felt like. And then he, um, I was watching it with my friend Laura, who you've met, and she just looked at me and went hashtag third term, which I thought right. was great. Um, the, you, saw, you saw that with Michelle, too, when she spoke. Yeah, like we were elected. Well, that was my line of we're electing the wrong first lady. Oh, yeah. I know, right? Uh, like I said, she's more so Southside than Barack is, obviously. You well, know? yeah. He, she's from Inglewood. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, like, she's actual Southside. Like, he moved here and did all this stuff after college. But, like, she's born and raised on the South Side of Chicago. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a different thing. But... I thought, okay, so we joked about it when we did our other show, the Dumpster Fire show, that the Democrats got started off to the rockiest of starts possible. Between what happened on Sunday morning going into Monday night with all the booing and all the stuff, Bernie came out on Monday night and really did a fantastic job of trying to unify people. Uh, You had some really cool celebrities come out and do some talking. Uh, The Katy Perry performance I thought was really, really good. Uh, and something that can go viral for them. But more importantly, it's just towards the end of that convention, they accomplished their goal, I felt, for the most part. Now, from what I'm hearing, there were some tactics used to get there, but they generally did a good job of, of, of placating a lot of the Bernie supporters. Obviously, there's some that will never go over, but they did a really good job. And then her line of tell the, you know, the people who followed Bernie Sanders, your platform is our platform, you know, that was a, that was a big moment. And we talked about it on Tuesday that Bernie really did a fantastic job of getting a lot of the stuff that he cared about uh, into it. My biggest issue was he was always arguing for universal health care. She stayed away from that, probably because of her own history with it. But the cool thing is, if that's the one area where she's not going to embrace Bernie's platform, 
but you know it's what she believes in because of what she did when she was first lady, I have no problem with her saying we need affordable health care for people as opposed to universal because you know she wants universal. She's just trying to get there in steps instead of trying to do it all at once because she knows that will fail. Do you disagree with me or do you think? I mean, here's, I mean, the short answer is you can do it and, and, you, and you get the right people in there. And if, if Hillary's in there and has the right um, Democrats and the certain right Republicans, then, yeah, you can get universal health care, no problem, you know, especially the way she can move and shake certain things, you know, because, I mean, she's an operative. I mean, let's call it what, what's, what it is, Hillary and Bill are operatives they know how to move things around they know how to play people in dc and if they really want to get universal health care they can do it you know they can get the votes they want to get they can trying to smooth over people to get certain things into certain bills so that other people are happy so it's not like it cannot happen it's just a question of will they do it you know and sure there are there are stepping stones in order to get to the thing you want done, but I have seen many stepping stones being taken away also. All right. DNC thing was good. We talk about Hillary. Really, at the end of the day, there's not a lot to discuss about the DNC if you're a political fan. I mean, if you are listening to this and you're interested more in some of the stuff we've brought up, all of this is available on the internet, on our Facebook page, Chicago Podcast Network on Facebook. But... Uh, all in all, towards the end, I mean, early on in the convention, there was some stuff, but as the thing went on, it became, you know, pretty formulaic. And again, Barack Obama really brought it. Uh, Michelle Obama bought it. Uh, bought it. <laughs> Michelle Obama brought it. Bernie. Or did she? <laughs> Bernie Sanders brought it. I mean, everybody kind of really had had a good a good speech. And Elizabeth, I thought actually the funniest thing, you know, who the weakest big star speaker was? Honestly, was Elizabeth Warren. I, well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's no real role for her at that convention other than just to really gyrate all of her supporters and Democrats as a whole. I mean, she really never had a role of, you know, being this big personality and everything. No. Some people thought she was going to be kind of like what Brock did in 04. That's what I, I that, think that, Cory Booker did that. Yeah, Cory Booker did that, and I think you're looking if, God forbid, Hillary loses to Jackass Von Hairpiece. Um, ah! <laughs> Jackass Von Hairpiece. Yeah, we should run with that. Make it a hashtag. Get it on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I feel like if that happens now, your ticket looking forward is Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren in 2020. I mean, barring another Democrat really soaring up, because Bernie can't run another campaign; he'll be too old um, to get it for a first term. But well, I mean, this this was his first and only run. Yeah, yeah. This. I mean, I'm look. I'm what I'm rooting for right now uh, for Bernie is that the Democrats win back the Senate and then he becomes the House Majority Leader or the Senate. I mean, the Senate Majority. If he becomes the Dean of the Senate. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, because then you're looking at the most liberal Senate in the in the United States in the last, you know, since Roosevelt, and then you're looking at the possibility then of really able to whip up votes to win back the House two years after that for the midterms. So there's, you know, there's a possibility of doing stuff, and and again, the Trump the the the, the Trump albatross that a lot of these senators and congressmen are going to have to be running with, because you are on the same side of the ticket as that asshole. You know, it's it's going to affect things. So I, I, I was really impressed with how they managed to rally people together. I'm not always a big fan of their tactics of how they did it. Uh, you know, the late night shows had a fantastic job, but you could totally tell that it was equal stuff because, yeah, everybody wanted to be there live for the Republican stuff because it was a shit show. But you kind of got the vibe. I don't know about you, how much late night you've been watching, but uh, they it was a little bit more toned down for the Democrats. And granted, yeah, I never watched any of the late night shows. I oh. was watching. I was my eyes were glued to C-SPAN, and that was pretty much it. Well, no, but once the like that was my own things. Like once a keynote speaker every night spoke, I immediately switched over. Watched, uh, like for example, Bill Maher was live every right. night, which was awesome. Uh, I love watching his show. I don't always agree with him, but he's 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 very good at what he does. Jimmy Fallon, or not Jimmy Fallon, uh, Seth Meyers was live on both Thursdays. Colbert was live for both two weeks and really had a hell of a run. Uh, 
you know, it was it was all around good. Daily Show and, and Larry Wilmore did great. It, it was a lot of fun. If you get the chance, AJ, if you're looking to entertain yourself and kind of decompress from this, just go on YouTube and watch all the DNC and RNC skits, and they'll, they'll make you laugh. Well, I mean, I, I saw parts of the Daily Show, and they did a good job. Um, are you watching a, are, are you watching a closer look when it comes out on Seth Meyers? It's usually one, two or three times a week. Have you saw, seen that? Do you know what I'm talking about? To be about? honest, I'm not a complete Seth Meyers fan. Do me a favor. When we're done with the show, um, check out. It's just type in on YouTube, A Closer Look, and mm. go back and watch it. I think it's it's what he used to do on Weekend Update. It's really, really good. Okay. Uh, and it's very political, and it's and it's 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 a derivative, I think, of watching what John Oliver did and trying to format that to instead of him doing a twenty minute story, he does a ten minute story. It's very similar, mm-hmm. but he can do it daily, which kind of gives him a, a benefit. Uh, right. By the way, John Oliver popped up on Colbert the other night, which was hilarious, and he called Tim Kaine America's stepdad. <laughs> ah. it, was, it was really great. I can't wait for his show on Sunday. Um, but once I, I also feel like I should tell everybody, and I think you're in the same boat I am, uh, you've got some stuff to work on, and we're going to get into that later. But I don't know about you, AJ, but the minute we're done with this show, uh, I am taking two days, and I'm not watching anything political. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to su- superheroes and Star Trek for a couple days and recharge my hope beams. Yeah, I, I I just have just two days, and then I'm back in it again. Yeah, that, well, that's I mean that's the way we do stuff, but it's just get you got to recharge after that. And if we're tired, imagine the people who are there or the people who run it. Like oh, that, I mean, running a convention is exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're so tr- um, we got about we've done about twenty minutes on the DNC again. Not a lot really to talk about. Anything you want to know, you can find. And there's not a lot of fun in it uh, as far as it's stuff to make fun of, uh, except for did, did you notice that uh, that Paul Simon kind of should probably not be performing live anymore? Can we talk about that for a second? Can and we? some of the other music acts. Now, I love Paul Simon. I love Simon and Garfunkel. Who doesn't? Uh, I mean, and especially when you're influenced by them as a musician. Like, you know, when Disturbed just came out with their sign, their version of Sound of Silence, which is totally awesome. But... I can't believe you just referenced Disturbed on my show. I'm just it's only my show, by the way, when you do stuff I don't like. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a great song. Um, uh, okay. By a great musician. Anywho. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> either Paul, while performing had something to think about or no one showed up to rehearsal or I don't know what it was. His timing was off, right? I was saying, I'm like, I don't know whose fault it was. And I, I, I don't want to put, you he know, was, errors he, on Paul, but yeah, no, his, it's like, you know, I'm sure, I mean, this is not the first time he's probably had complications before um, during a live show, you know, but I mean, this is the convention. And when you're like having timing issues, um, you really need to like have a, you know, a game talk afterwards. It's like, like what the fuck happened? <laughs> Can I tell you my, my least favorite moment of a musical performance? As much as the, yeah, it wasn't that though. I actually, I look, I, I'm a, I am a 33 year old straight male from the suburbs. Katy Perry is not exactly the demographic. I like, I'm not in there her demographic, but. I've always liked Katy Perry for what she is. She's always seemed like a really nice person. Yeah, she's crazy female celebrity on Twitter, but who the fuck isn't at this point? But the thing that annoyed me, it didn't annoy me, but it was just one of those moments where you're like, don't give the other side ammunition. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> she, she, she walks up on stage and goes, hi, I'm Katy Perry. I've been with Hillary since the beginning. I've, I, I didn't graduate from high school, and I have no formal education, but I stand with her. And I'm like, please don't say those things. On stage at the convention, that's really like just playing into the other sides. Like only stupid people do that, and it's just save your educational history for another event. Is basically well, what I'm saying. Well, that's the thing. It's like I don't. I mean, I I, I knew that that yeah. she dropped out of high school, and her parents were like not a conservative, but like Christian, almost crazy Christian, conservative. People. Yeah. Um. So I knew that history. So for her to say that. You know, I don't know if she was trying to tie in the fact that, you know, even someone like me who 
has the kind of history that I have, I'm still going to be with her because of who she is. So if it was that kind of connection, I get it. But the same token, the wording was terrible. Just, just do your job and say, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I have no problem with you giving like a five minute thing, but maybe don't lead with I've never been to I never finished high school, I've never been to college. Uh but I vote for her because I that that's just what people tell me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just that right. was a weird moment. But then she brought it down with two pretty good songs and you know, people, I mean, leading something like, you know, I mean I mean like like your husband, I too want a teenage dream. Very 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 nice. Very well. You, done. you like that? I do. I mean it's <laughs> I, I would stay away from Katy Perry though, because she's probably about to file a freaking restraining order against your ass. But that's fine. <laughs> I mean, whatever. There are like seven female celebrities with restraining orders against me, and I've never met them or talked about them. They just got one look at me and went, "Nope." I don't know. I thought that was funnier in my head than it actually was when I said it. Um. All right, let's let's get into and now, it. Now they're gonna file a complaint. Well, you know, I mean, look again. Good problem to have. <laughs> I guess. So. We've talked about the DNC. We spent an hour and a half talking about the D- the RNC and that. But going in now to the actual campaign, it's 102 days from today, folks, until uh, the election. Not that we're counting. What? Not, not, not that we're counting. Yeah, or anything. Um, but it's 100 and I actually think today is, yeah, today's 102 days to the election. So here's the deal. We're going to spend a lot of time on our show talking about Hillary. We're going to spend a lot of time on our show in the next couple months uh, talking about Donald. We're going to spend a lot of time talking Senate races and local races here in Illinois, maybe some of the uh, states surrounding us, gubernatorial races for people who we know live in other areas. But I least want to make a concerted effort, AJ, and I'm going to kind of put you on this. I want to give third-party candidates a little bit more time. And I want to talk about them, and I want to talk, but I want to start today, uh, because we're getting a lot more listeners to our podcast lately. You are a socialist, you are Mm -hmm. an activist, and you've been involved in party politics uh, for whatever reason uh, for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, AJ, to please right now, especially in states like Illinois, make a case for voting for a third-party candidate. I mean, here's it's funny you bring this up because the last three days now, um, I've actually had people call me, um, Facebook message me, um, meet me on the street, and tell me. Don't tell people where you buy your weed. Right. Um, They have have adamantly been telling me to vote for Clinton because this election is so important. So here's the thing. I mean. Sure, y'all have your justification as to why third parties don't work and everything, but I, I'm sorry, um, you don't understand what plurality voting is, which we have, which means if you vote for that one person and you get enough votes for that person, then they're going to win. And, you know, there's been several memes out there, and one of them is like, you know, how come you don't vote third party? Well, because they don't win. Well, well, why not? Yeah, the one um, you pulled up for mediocrity, right? Yeah, it's like it's like so. The the problem is not they can't they cannot win. The problem is you don't vote for them. There have been over um, at least 120 elected Greens in the United States. One county in California, Fairfax County, is entirely elected by Greens from the county board down. Um, there's almost nearly 200 elected libertarians in the United States alone. You know, some of them are right here in Illinois. Same way with the Greens. You know, and yeah, there are socialists, and socialists have been elected to office and everything. Kasama Samant, um, uh, Seattle's one of those people. Pat Noble um, at Red Bank, New Jersey, is another one. Uh, so they get elected and everything. Have they gotten elected at the state? federal and federal level no why because again people do not want to vote for them and the democrats and republicans have done a great job of creating this narrative that if you vote third party you vote the other way and that's absolutely false there's only been one third party candidate in the entire united states history that has won an election and that was abraham lincoln when you had the democrats and the Whig party the two dominant parties at that time and the Republicans were that third party. And then you had the um, 
other candidate out of Colorado, <clears throat> who was the other candidate, so it was a four-way race, and Lincoln won at the end of the day. That's how plurality vote works. So right. for people to say that third parties is one or the other, it's simply it's a simply false. It's simply false. No, I agree with and, you. I agree with you on that. But this was going to be when I said especially a state like Illinois, my point was going to be this. There are states where your vote carries more weight than others. Would you agree? Correct. Okay. Correct. If you live and that's in the electoral college. Right. But I also mean like if you live if you live in the following states, this is where I would say I understand when people make the argument your vote counts a lot more if you don't want Trump. I get that. If you live in uh, Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, New Hampshire, Iowa, Nevada, Michigan, those states are very important in the upcoming election. And right. if, I have my friend Dave. He lives in Wisconsin. He keeps telling me he's going to write in Bernie. And I keep looking at him going, dude, you're going to Wisconsin. Your vote actually freaking matters. So vote for Hillary because – and listen – I would never actually tell anybody who really to vote for it unless it's this instance. Um, but if you live in Illinois, we're going to go blue. That's not, that's not even a question. So if you live in Illinois and there's a third-party candidate who truly speaks to your ideals, vote for that person. Because there's no way that Illinois goes red. That's just not going to happen. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the diehard blue states, I don't care. New York is a great example. New York should vote for third-party candidate like crazy because they're going to go blue. There are states that are just going to go the way that you want if you live there. Like if you live in Indiana, for example, and you don't want Trump, you can vote for a third-party conservative if you wanted to. I don't know who actually is running under that right now. Maybe Gary Johnson if you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. But you can do that in some states. If you live in a battleground state, first of all, this is where we, you and I talk about this all the time. Be educated on the political process. Know what states actually matter. Because the truth is, if you look at the electoral map from that 270 to win site you showed me, mm -hmm. realistically, it comes down to four states. Pennsylvania, Virginia, Ohio, and, and Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And if, if Trump wins those four states, it's over. Because that's contingent on him winning Florida. But it's, it, that's it. It's over. Trump is president. If you live in those states, then your vote matters and be a little bit more responsible with what you're doing. But if you live in Illinois and there's a third-party candidate that you really like, get them up to 15%. Tell people in the – but especially this. Maybe you're going to vote third-party. Maybe you're not. But if you get polled, say third-party. Would you agree with that? Say that part one more time. No matter who you're going to vote for. If you're right. really freaked out about Trump, if you get a call from a pollster or you meet a pollster on the street, promote mm -hmm. third party because that 50% in the polls is a big deal and it gets them in the debate. Uh, you did say something, though, that I want to get back to, which is you said that only one third party has ever won, and that's Lincoln. That's true, but third party candidates have affected the outcome of presidential elections. Uh, the only issue is historically they've been on the they, they they've generally affected more negatively uh, Republicans than Democrats because it's generally a crazy conservative. Best example is George H.W. Bush running for re-election in 1992. Ross Perot took a lot of his votes. And as a result, Bill Clinton won in a landslide. And because of that, a lot of the problems that we have with third parties is because of Perot. Yes, that is true. Because they changed all I mean, the rules. I mean, we can't, we can't be in the debates because of Perot. Is he still alive? Yes. That is scary. It is scary a little bit because I because some people because there was a little bit of a murmur that um, people are going to get him to run for president again. I was like, does he have a heartbeat still? Yeah, right. Well, that was the whole can thing. He, with, can they, he talk like he used to? Because if he did, if he if he could talk like he used to, then I'm all for it. Because I, I love hearing him talk. Uh, but third party candidating, uh, third party candidates are. It is something that needs to be discussed a lot more. We there there is something to be said for moving our country towards a more parliamentary system, uh, a little bit at least, and, and getting away from the electoral college is is a big issue too. Uh, it made sense in a time when communication was different, right. but we can count the total number of votes now. So, you know, it, it's it, the whole thing is is just getting out of hand. Uh, sometimes I wonder how much uh, the media drives the Electoral College because if it was just a straight up-and-down popular vote, they'd know who won the election 10 minutes into the broadcast. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it's all theater and, and everything. But are there any – I know you've mentioned Gary Johnson. You've mentioned Mimi – I always get her name wrong. Soul, Mimi Solstick. Solstick. For some reason, I always want to say Solstice, even though I know that that's a weather and <laughs> calendar thing. 
but uh, Mimi Solstick and everything. All right, when you're looking at that, I, I heard that Gary Johnson is polling right now around 13%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you had to put money on it, do you think he makes the debate? I don't think he does. I think the rule. I think they're going to change the rules to prevent it. Here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, I know like Jill Stein from the Green Party, Gary Johnson from the Libertarians, Mimi from Socialist Party USA. They're not going to win, and I understand that. I really do. <clears throat> um, but here's the things I really want to see. I really want them to be at debates. You know, I really want them to have them on the ballot. So that's really, really what I and others want at the end of the day, you know, that they're on the ballot so they can have a genuine f- fight when it comes to getting them elected, you know, but because it's an uphill battle and that's like another show to talk about. And I've said multiple times on why it's an uphill battle. But with Gary Johnson and, you know, this whole, you know, you need 50%. Of you know the polls, but you know the commission of presidential debates don't tell you which polls they count for. I am looking to the day of Gary Johnson getting fifteen percent on Meredith poll, Quinnipiac poll, NBC Serve Monkey poll, all the polls they can get that there's a, at least a consistency of getting fifteen percent. And if he met that marker and still doesn't get in, then there's another argument as to why third parties do not get a chance because it's a manufactured argument that third parties don't matter because everything has been against us. Election law has been against us. The Commission on Presidential Debates has been against us. The media has been against us. Gerrymandering. gerrymandering as well as republicans and democrats because they do an excellent job trying to like in illinois there is a period called objection period so like this past um deadline for the presidential campaign you know if i wanted to run for president as a socialist you know and i turn in the required signatures i need to do as a third party candidate state of illinois through the state board of elections doesn't tell me that i have invalid signatures there's an, a week called an objection period. So anyone, Republican, Democrat, even third party, can object to it and throw me off the ballot if they want to. And Democrats and specifically Mike Madigan has done that every year. I've actually gotten a fax from Mike Madigan himself about asking to pull certain candidates off the ballot. I want to ask and, you. I but yet, ask. as Obama said, democracy works. And I want to know where it works. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because uh, there's a, a an ad that's going through Illinois. And, and I, I've i been trying to find out who's funding it. Which ad? The one, for, the, the, the one that's taking away redistricting from Mike Madigan and from the state senate. Have you seen the commercial? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's yes, just yes. a man with his hands and a tie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know that gerrymandering is one of the biggest problems in America. It mm-hmm. keeps congressmen in power for years, it, 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 whatever. But I don't trust that ad because I feel like that's some Prop 8 bullshit. And I want you to tell me whether or not that's the case. Because what they are proposing is an independent redistricting organization, which sounds great. But the money behind that ad is tells me that it's going to be one of those deals that while it says it's going to take power away from politicians, I feel like it's going to be like a Prop 8 thing where you're not really sure what you're voting for. I'm not sure if you know about it now, but I'd ask you to use your experienced eye and and just give me an idea as to whether or not that is a bill that we here at, on our show should support or be against. Because if it's if it's honest, then I'm all for it. But I'm afraid looking at it, that it's not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I too don't know who funds it. I thought at one point I read it was um, the Illinois Policy Institute that was doing it. And no, a lot was... of people on Facebook will like it and share it, but people don't share anything from the Illinois Policy Institute or Illinois Policy Action because it's a libertarian organization in Springfield. I know because I live right across the street from them. 
Well, um, and that's the thing about this stuff because I I, I want to get into that too um, before we get out of here, and that and it relates to what you're just saying, which is you're going to see a lot of advertisements for laws or citizens things all across the country, and this is where we talk about active civic participation, and it's the thing that pisses both of us off to no end, which is we you and I both know people who come to us with questions, right? Right. And we right. answer the questions, and then they look at us and tell us that we're wrong. And we and you look at them and go, well, then why did you ask me? And they say, well, because I wanted to know how you felt. And you go, yes, but you're asking me because I have more experience in this area because this is what my job is, is to read this shit all day. You don't want to do it. I totally understand why you don't want to. It is boring most of the time. It's not sexy. It involves, I don't know about you, AJ, but how much, honestly... Just trying to keep up on politicians, policies, elections. What would you say? Four hours a day, if not more. Me? Yeah, just spent reading. Oh no, 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 no. I I wake up generally six a.m. and I don't go to bed till midnight, one in the morning. And you're basically working on this shit all day. And I'm, and I'm reading. I'm watching C-SPAN, RT, Democracy Now. I'm talking with friends on Facebook or give them a call. Um, I mean, I look. I, I, I wake up first thing in the morning. The first thing I do is check the main news feed uh, that I have set up on my phone because I set up a perfect RS feed for all the stuff that I trust. And then I immediately go CNN, C-SPAN, uh, Politico. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the other ones I go? I'm sorry, my, my brain. Uh, the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I check in on all the stuff. Go to Reddit News in case anything's breaking in the last 20 minutes before you go. You know, you keep up on that stuff. Then you've got to dive deep into policy issues. I, I've spent the last four days. I'm going to tell you what I did the last four days, by the way, AJ, while I was doing this, and you're going to feel sorry for me. Are you ready? I went to TrumpForAmerica.com. I want you to know I went on an incognito browser so he didn't get the web hit. <laughs> I swear to God, I did. Because I'm good enough with tech that I can do that shit. It's like the person that wants to go into the adult store, but he has to wear something conspicuous so people won't recognize him on the street. Yeah, exactly. But I went there, and I so I went, and here's the thing. Everyone kept saying Donald Trump has no policies. Donald Trump has no policies. And that's not true. It's not true, for the record. When people say he has no policy, that is honestly not true. You can go to his website, and you can download his positions on several things. Now, they read like the combination of what a lawyer who is also a second grader would write. And I will tell you, can I tell you my favorite thing about Trump's policies? Hmm. Here, it, it's, it's in the section of his thing, and it is called, and I'm not going to go to the website to double check it. I'm just going from memory, but this is what it says, basically. How to make Mexico pay for the wall. Position number, it's his number one uh, paper, by the way, on his website, is how to get that done, because that's his number one thing. First part, it goes step one. Institute a recall of law, whatever, from the immigration code that allows money to be sent over uh, Western Union and other things to Mexico. Stop the funneling of money from families in America to Mexico. And tell Mexico that we are going to keep that closed until they agree to pay for the wall. Okay? You ready for step the first line of step two? Okay. Mexico will immediately fight back. Well, no shit. And you're like, that that's step two? You've included <laughs> in step two <laughs> that they're not going to do it. <laughs> like, it's step two. Step two of your plan is no one's going to agree to this. Step three is, well, here's how we fuck them over and force them to do it. And it's literally just moving money around. It's insane. And then I read his policy on immigration reform, which, shocking, AJ, is almost exactly like his wall reform. And then it's for economic reform, which is to cut taxes for the rich. And then he's going to give a. He's claiming that he's also going to give a tax to the a tax cut to the middle class, while bolstering the military. Now, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, but I do remember. I, I wasn't alive for Reagan, or I was alive, but I don't, I don't remember it, and right. I don't really remember H. W. Bush. But here's the Republican presidency that I have lived through, and it belonged to George W. Bush. And George W. Bush, well, 
I don't know what you say here, AJ, except to say that he he went into office and initiated the largest tax cuts for the wealthy in history in an attempt to bring back Reagan-esque trickle-down economics. And then he was supposed to cut spending. He didn't win the presidency. It was given as a graduation gift. Okay, whatever, you know, all right. Yeah, there's a whole lot of fucked up shit, but my point is more he cut taxes, but if you right. cut taxes, you also have to cut spending. But if you don't get around to the cutting of the spending, I, I, it, it, brain hurt, function gone, blue screen, error code, 0000X4. Okay, here I am. I'm back. You can't cut spending. Or you can't cut taxes and not cut spending. It doesn't work that way. And then also launch two wars that have been going on. For the record, if we don't end this shit soon, it, the term of the next president will honestly hit. I believe AJ, if I'm right about this, the term of the next president will end in 2020. Correct? President mm-hmm. Bush took in things. It will be 19 years that we have been at war by the end of the next term of president if we don't end it. Right. That is longer than Vietnam. It's insane to me that the Republicans are running on this. We're going to keep spending. The fact. <clears throat> Calm down. Take a breath. Hold up. Well, here's the thing. So Thank you, because if I kept have, going, I was going to explode. We also have to understand that this is not really Trump's like first run for office for the presidency. That is true. I mean, we have to understand that he ran... Under the Reform Party, which Buchanan won in 2000. So having said that, uh, I'm going to read some things off. And tell me what you think. Hold on. I mean, if you're going to do it, is it a, is it a list? Is it a list of things? <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, well, it is a list, but they're like highlights. No, but there's that's... Some, but there's if summations I, of what these if, are. If, if, I, if I give you a drum roll, will it fit the format? Hopefully. AJ, begin reading. Supports America's first position. Supports fiscal responsibility and accountability. Uh, where's the other one? Oh, supports policies that respect sovereignty to all nations, supports our allies, and are fiscally responsible. These are planks on the Re- Reform Party platform. There are there there are two things I want to say before we end this show today, AJ. When it comes to this stuff with him and his policies, okay. I don't know if anyone caught this, uh, <laughs> but in the midst of this whole Russian hacking bullshit, he actually said something that was a lot more dangerous than that, and I and it hasn't been made such a big deal of uh, as as it should be because people don't understand American foreign policy. He blatantly said that we will not automatically back NATO signatures, uh, signatories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He has said several times now that if Russia were to invade uh, Estonia, Latvia, and the third one I always forget, fuck, doesn't matter. You're going to get eaten by Putin anyway. But he has said that he is going to not help them unless they pay is that is that what he said? I'm honestly, said, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they need to pay for it too, and it's just like we're not going to support Germany anymore. And now look, the the base at uh, the base in Germany is is whatever. So was what it Rammstein Air Force Base is right there? Um, I get it. You know, there's an argument to be made, but the truth is that base has been operating for a long time. And it's not very expensive. He doesn't understand. Donald Trump honestly hasn't done the work. To be president. AJ, I like you a lot. You're a really good guy. I think I'm a pretty smart and pretty decent dude. Mm -hmm. But neither one of us are qualified or ready to be president of the United States. We don't know enough. We just don't. And I'm not trying to... True, but there's something to be said for I've worked in government or I've had large international business dealings or... I've worked with people all over the world and done stuff, or I'm Martin Luther King and I've been an activist for so long and have risen a small group up to the, the highest levels and had to organize it all and do all this stuff. And I'm not saying that, listen, this is the part where you normally talk about how qualified you are, but I'm not saying, but you, yeah. know, but you know what I'm saying with, with this stuff? You and I are not qualified to be president right now. We don't know enough. And honestly, there's a lot of work to get ready to be president. 
And oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, and that's what, I mean, and that's why I say, you know, who is ready, who is qualified to be president. And I'm not saying that to be snarky at all. But when what's president, um, governor, U.S. senator, state senator, whatever. I mean, sure, there are certain qualifications that may articulate into certain, you know, public service positions. Don't get me wrong. But really, at the end of the day, who is really qualified? I mean, you can be, I mean, for me, Steve Jobs is a very, very qualified person. He's no longer with us, obviously. But, I mean, if he was alive today, I would think he is more experienced because of what he has done and what he's doing everything. Do I like his human rights violations? No, I don't. But at the end of the day, I mean, he has a little bit more business sense than anything else and everything. But, yeah, it's just who's, like, really qualified to do this? And this is the part where I'm going to annoy you. Hillary Clinton is qualified to be president. And like I said, I mean, she does have those qualifications. I mean, and whether they're... Those were self-serving positions that she got herself in and, and everything. That's that's a whole different debate. And you're right. I mean, <clears throat> she is a bit more qualified. Well, it, 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 it comes down to this. If, if you had Donald Trump on a press conference and were able to ask him this simplest of questions, and I honestly, I'm not saying this like I know the answer, but I think the president should know the answer. What is the difference between Shia and Sunni? I don't know. Do you know? Like, off, could you explain it really close, like really well off the top of your head? I can probably, yeah. Okay. But most people can't, right? But the president should probably be able to do that. The president right. should probably be able to name the leaders of most of Europe. The president should be able to name leaders of Africa. The president should be able to have relationships with people in Asia and in, in India and all, of the, all around the world and all of these things. And Donald Trump isn't willing to do the work to get ready to be president. And that's the thing that I actually find most offensive about his run. He has been running for president now for 18 months, and he has shown absolutely no growth in his knowledge about anything. And, and that's the scariest part, is that he's not willing to spend 20 minutes to learn and take notes on American foreign policy. Or here's my favorite one, and we're going to get close to ending the show here. Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States, theoretically. He doesn't understand what a trade deficit is. I barely understand it, but I feel like I have a better understanding of it than he does because mm -hmm. I know that that money isn't just going to Mexico. It's going to Mexican companies for goods and services. Right. I mean, I just, I, I, we talked about it. If you're in a, a state that's going to go one way, vote third party. If you're in a battleground state, really think about who you're going to vote for. But here's the thing that I would say. If anyone you know, because most of the people listening to our show are not going to be Trump voters, and they sure as hell wouldn't have listened this long. Um, if you do, good job. Yeah, prop, good props job. to you. I listen to Alex Jones every once in a while just to know. Oh, shut your mouth. I do. Every once in a while oh. I suffer through it. Yeah, no, we're going to do a show on him next week. Uh, or, or in a couple weeks. Can we get him on the show? We you can't... think he'll come on the show? No, I don't think he'll come on the show. Are you sure? I, well, I think he would. I'll make a deal. You make that happen, and I will. we can t we can fucking Midnight Rockers his ass all night. <laughs> that sounded dirty. That's a wrestling tag team from the 80s, folks. It's not. I mean, it's. Point is, AJ and I are not going to have sex with Alex Jones. That's, that's what I'm trying to get to. Oh, uh, and I am? I said we're not. We're not having sex with. I don't want to have sex with Alex Jones. Even if I found him sexually attractive, his personality is so repugnant to me um, that I didn't. I've actually gotten into a fight with a bunch of people who support him on the internet lately because I consider that man to be a coward. He is. He's afraid. He is afraid all the time of everything, and as a result, promotes a policy that backs up that fear. Did you see him and um, the Young Turks get at, into it? I've watched it before. It's great, it, it, but. My problem with people like him is you, he's, I'm not saying that he does, but he could be one of those people who argues that the earth is flat, okay? Mm -hmm. You could take him in a space shuttle to space and show him that the earth is in fact not flat. It's a ball. You see the ball? Savvy ball? And he would go, this is a lie. This is all make-believe. I didn't actually go into space. And then you could open the door. 
and let zero gravity begin to suck the life out of him, which would be a glorious thing. And I swear to God, he would still tell you that he was not in space. Because the man is in, he doesn't give a shit about anything that he says. He's doing what he does to make money. And I don't got a problem with that. What I have a problem with is that people are starting to believe his ass. I got a friend of mine, a friend, a person who I know, who is a big supporter of this dude. And every day is posting his his, his show and stuff. I want to do a show about him, AJ, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I don't want to go at it half-assed. I don't want to go at it without the facts to back it up. Um, he's one of those people who believes that FEMA is planning to take over the world for the liberal right. agenda of the Rothschild conspiracy. Right, right. I mean, and like I said, we'll, we'll talk about him because that would be a great show just about him alone. But with that said, between him, who would you rather trust if you had... Only one source during the Trump apocalypse. If you had one source to get your information, whether it be news or just information alone, who would you rather trust? Alex Jones or Jesse Ventura? Well, I mean, look who you're asking. He ain't got well, time and, to and do now, now, take wrestling aside. Oh, well, that's different. That's not fair. Well, how's that fair? Because he's not a wrestler when he's talking. But he's Jesse the Body Ventura. He fought the Predator. Look, you don't get to just exclude that stuff. It's like, why would I vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Alex Jones Lizard Man. What are you talking about? I, I, look, you said, who would I trust more? I would trust Jesse the Body Ventura. It's not even a question. Jesse is insane, but at least it's CTE <laughs> insane. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking for. I'm Indeed. just saying, like, there's a difference between I am... Honestly, the guy comes off Alex Jones. And I don't want to. We got to end the show, so I, I'm just going to say this: the guy comes off to me and tell me if you think I'm wrong that I'm afraid. I'm he's afraid all the time, and he's just you know it's like he's honestly what Glenn Beck is. Also, it's that same yeah, vibe. That's that's what he is. He's he is a watered down version of Glenn Beck, and he puts out information that he feels is trustworthy. And he also feels what he's saying is true, and that's even scarier, you know. And there's some things I followed him on really early on, and now I've kind of discredited him because of, you know, he doesn't give you sources. He doesn't tell you why he feels that they're true. I mean, it's just like you got to take his word for it. I'm like, I'm not going to take your word for it. I mean, well, tell me why you believe it. Tell me who, where your sources come from, and, th and then I'm going to make my own judgment at the end of the day. Just don't. Sit there and tell me, well, this is Bohemian Grove, and this is it. Like, well, I I know this, but show me documentation. No, that's me that's always been my that's always been my argument with people who are on that 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 tick. Okay, so the people are running the world or have some nefarious plan to kill us all. Okay, fine. To what end? And show me some form of proof other than books that were published by crazy people, because just citing a book does not mean that it's fact. I can write a book right now that says Donald Trump once had sex with a mermaid in, I, I don't know, the Caribbean. I can write that book. I can write it as historical fact because all I have to do to write those kinds of books is prove that Donald Trump was at one point in the Caribbean and then prove that somebody has at one point seen a mermaid there. And based on those two unrelated events can generate a history that says, well, Donald Trump traveled to Florida in 1985 and then went down to the Caribbean and found a mermaid and fucked her on a beach, although she didn't want it. So it was technically rape. And while there are many people who would tell you that this didn't happen, I found one guy on a boat who said he saw it happen. That eyewitness testimony is the basis of a 300-page book called Donald Trump Fucks a Mermaid or Nemo Wishes He Could Forget. Just so you know, Alex Jones has told me he'll do our show. Bullshit. <laughs> I call shenanigans on you, sir. But if you can get them, if we can get them, I'll take them. Or we'll do his show. Whatever. That's fine. I'll be on a show. Yeah, I'll go sit in front of his green screen while he sells his brain juice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's a thing. He sells uh, five-hour energy that he says is good for the brain. And then he puts up this thing on his video that says a three-hour commercial-free Alex Jones broadcast. And, and then it's a video, and then half of the video is him selling his own shit. So, yeah, oh, yeah. it's commercial-free because no one will sponsor your crazy ass, and you have to sell T-shirts to keep the fucking lights on. 
And there's enough stupid people who are willing to believe a person who doesn't have any sources. And we will spend an hour to maybe two hours taking this motherfucker down. And uh, I think that that will be fun to do. And I think I'll sleep better that night. Uh, Anything else, AJ, before we get out of here? I do not. Okay, AJ, then... I'll set you up for it even better than that. Let's get ready. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our second episode this week of Out Front with AJ and Nick. We covered the RNC. We covered the DNC. We've had a lot of real serious political shit. And to be perfectly frank, I'm kind of fucking done. So we are shutting it down for two days. AJ, after busting your ass and covering this stuff, say goodbye to the people. Bye, people. He did not do it with the enthusiasm that I set him up for. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Out Front with AJ and Nick. Thank you so much for listening, downloading us, recommend us to your friends. Email us on uh, Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Chicago Podcast or Chi Town Podcast One. And most importantly, come find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. Like us, love us, watch our videos, follow our news feed. And uh, other than that, the expression that I look for at the end of every show, I did that with the head going around the mic to get that effect. We out! It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.